everyone. Welcome to Pens of Politics with Mr. Watson. I am most certainly your host, Christian Watson. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter show today because time is indeed getting away from me. But, regardless, I'm with you guys. You guys are with me. And we're going to have an awesome time. We're going to have a pensive time, hopefully. We're going to so shine a light of illumination upon the American political scene right now. And we're going to root out the darkness of ignorance and cast it away, cast into the dustbin of history and proceed forth in that divine human progression that we all, as human beings, necessarily must take the mantle of if we're ever going to grow and live on this earth as dynamic life grows and lives on this earth. Because you, my friends, are dynamic, you are living, and you have many different facets to your being. And if we're going to cultivate those facets into being something that is great, we're going to have to know what the truth is. And so we'll be talking about one topic with two subtopics. Race, which we talk about a lot in this show. I wonder why. <laughs> oh, simply because it is right now occupying the consciousness of America. But race, we're going to talk about Nick, what Nick Cannon did recently. Nick Cannon and what uh, uh, Terry Crews did recently. So Nick Cannon, for those of you who do not know, Nick Cannon is a pre American presenter, broadcaster, comedian, uh, all kind because he's on the television a lot. A lot of folks in African American communities know about what, who Nick Cannon know who he is and everything. And Nick Cannon said some very anti-Semitic comments recently, much in the fashion of Louis Farrakhan and the Black Liberation ideology, the sort of baleful movement that thinks that Black people are superior to other people. Uh, not many, not much different than white supremacist people actually, because they they're cut from the same cloth, but they're a different color. Right. The black supremacists to, uh, believe that black folks are superior and that white folks are evil and devils. And I won't even repeat the other nonsensical insults they lob towards people simply because of the lack of melanin in their skin. And speaking of melanin, Nick Cannon actually talked about melanin in his comments. So Nick Cannon was was, was on his show, his podcast show, his YouTube show, with a uh, with, with someone else. And this person, and the reason I'm not mentioning this person because this person is so irrelevant. I'm not trying to draw attention to this person because this person was stoking Cannon's ego. He was stoking um, the anti-Semitic comments that came out of Cannon. And so I don't want to really bolster this person, although it's quite easy that if you see, if you read the story, you'll see who this person was. But I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to stoke any more recognition of these kind of folks but so Cannon was on his YouTube podcast and he said the following things about Jews he said we give so much power to the they's and they's turn into Illuminati the Zionists and the Rothschilds <laughs> um, and the person who was on his show was kicked out of a certain rat group because of make, he made um, anti-Semitic comments. So let me read that again. Cannon said on his show, in reference to Jewish people, we give so much power to the they's, and they's turn into Illuminati. First, let me just mention, the, the, the candor in which Nick Cannon speaks is just... Informality can be good in language sometimes, guys. Like Steve Harvey is very informal in how he speaks, and it's funny. It's for comedic effect. It's how the guy is. It's his authentic self. Okay, Nick Cannon has been in the industry for a very long time. He plays a certain image, but he's a businessman. And you understand that if you're in a business context, speaking informally isn't really a, a positive thing 
uh, I'm not saying you should speak like you, uh, you speak the Queen's English, but I am most certainly saying that the way in which you say things, when they're put down on paper as opposed to being listened to, can be seen as idi more idiotic, idiotic than when someone listened to them. So you should be very careful in how you phrase your words. But I'll, let's continue. Let me no, no more literature class. Let me continue. We give so much power to the theys, very ambiguous phrase, and theys turn into the Illuminati, the Zionists, and the Rothschilds. So Cannon was essentially unearthing every single anti-Semitic attitude, anti every single anti-Semitic do dog whistle, talking point. And putting it in his show to promote the idea of black power. So underlying this entire controversy is more than just what happened. Because Viacom immediately, and Viacom is a massive media titan. If he doesn't know who it is, owns a lot of the TV stations and everything. Viacom said, this is not the kind of stuff we want in our network. We're not going to be associated with people like this. Therefore, we're gone. This is, of course, fueled other anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about Viacom's connection with Jewish people. All this nonsense. Guys, listen, here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. The underlying tenet of this controversy is not simply that Nick Cannon said something that is unacceptable. He did. He said something that is absolutely unacceptable. The underlying tenet is that Nick Cannon is espousing a belief that is more common than you think, number one, which is a bad thing. Number two, he's espousing a belief that feeds into the atrocious notion that a race is superior to another. Again, the same foul belief that the Confederacy was manifested upon. The same foul belief that the Klan of the 1920s came out of the out of the woodwork, came out of their claverns, as you, as you would call them, and came into the streets and marched down Washington, D.C., and painted that baleful, baleful color with their torches and everything. Million Klansmen. It's the same ideology that Dylan Roof took into that black African-American church in South Carolina and shot up all the parishioners with. It's the same ideology that Louis Farrakhan preached for so many years and which resulted in so much, so, so many strained racial relations in the country. This is, these are the same ideologies. These are not different. Nothing is different. It's the same exact thing. So Nick Cannon is saying it in a more, I don't think it's a, in a more benign way, but in a more outlandish fashion so that it incidentally, I'm not sure if he intended it to you, it incidentally attracts attention to his brand of of uh, of business, which is very odd because you would not think that Nick Cannon is someone who would be getting into this kind of stuff. Nick Cannon was the husband of Mariah Carey, someone who I like immensely. I like Mariah Carey's music immensely. Uh, don't judge me. <laughs> I like uh, – in fact, there was a music video that Nick Cannon was in with Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey did a song with Nicki Minaj called Up Out My Face where it basically talks about how this young – this girl gets tired of her partner and says no more and goes through every single stage of her, uh, her, her resentment towards him and explains the level of why she doesn't like him anymore. It's a very uh, fascinating, catchy song in my opinion. Probably not enough death in it, but it's still catchy. Um he was in that video at the end of it, and he was blowing the whistle, and then the, the cheerleading girls came out, and they were, like, you know, dancing and everything. So, like, Nick Cannon's been someone who I've known about for a very long time. He also was the host of a show called Wild, Wild and Out. In fact, he still wants the rights to that show, which was produced vis-a-vis Viacom's infrastructure. Wild and Out, for those of you who don't know, Wild and Out is a, was a TV show where a bunch of entertainment figures would come, and they would... 
say disparaging remarks to each other in a very comedic way. It was basically supposed to represent a certain aspect of African American culture, which again I am skeptical of any terms like that. I'm skeptical of any message or mission that tries to represent a culture of a skin color or a race. Because I think that when you have certain examples like that, people can begin to grow a disdain for what they associate that skin color and that race with. Which is why we need to be very careful when we associate certain cultural shows like Boys in the Hood, Straight Outta Compton, with, over, with, with, the, with the desires and the, the premonitions of all African Americans, we need to be very careful. I do not consume Wild and Out. I've watched an episode or two of Wild and Out. I personally don't think that it's very intellectually productive to watch a bunch of grown people, adults, people who are supposed to be at a mature level spiritually and physically, attack each other childishly for laughs. Comedy has been so degraded in our culture. Comedy these days, in fact, has gone worse than that. Because Wild and Out was back in the early 2000s, late 90s. Comedy these days is compressed into an image juxtaposed with white text or any kind of text which tries to convey a very short snippy point in a few words called memes not the original memes that richard dawkins talked about memetics not, not, not those which is actually a pretty smart concept but internet memes and so the death of comedy has been around long since this wild and out stuff came but for a lot of african-american communities wild and out was a ma massive you know Wildly produced, wildly consumed form of comedy. Uh, and so Nick Cannon did indeed occupy a certain space culturally in America. Uh, and, and amongst the entertainment industry, a lot of people also know who he is and, res and respect him, or at least they did at one time. I'm not sure how what the response he's been getting from other entertainment figures. Other entertainment figures may now have been very responsive, uh, very nice to him. I know the me um, a lot of people on the right and the right-leaning media, like me, we're not very very kind towards him because Nick Cannon is attacking people based on their heritage and based on their race, things of which have happened to people that look like him not too long ago and still in some instances does. And so if you're really going to fight racism, how in the world are you going to go and do, do the same exact thing that racists do? It makes no damn sense in my opinion. <laughs> it makes no damn sense. Uh, so the underlying tenet, as I was mentioning, is just the slavishness and the zealotry against individualism and towards both, both, both victimology, as Thomas, Thomas Saul said, that word victimology, and complacency. Nick Cannon, and you have to understand this, when Nick Cannon does stuff like this, he's not conveying a disdain for racism. Nick Cannon is not con is, uh, Nick Cannon is not conveying a disdain for hateful language. Nick Cannon is not con conveying a disdain for president prejudice. Nick Cannon is conveying a disdain. Watch this for the kinds of prejudices that make him uncomfortable personally, but not the kind of prejudices that he himself can postulate, which makes others uncom uncomfortable and should really shock and offend the consciousness of every decent, decent, prudent individual. That's the thing. So some might, might say it's a double standard, but it's a little bit deeper than that. It's not just a double standard. It's a single standard, which is applied in many different aspects of our personal lives that we don't really know, that we don't really recognize. I don't believe it's subconscious. I believe it's very explicit, but we never think of it as explicit. 
I don't believe in the idea of unconscious bias. But I think this is quite explicit. So, for example, when you look at a beat-up car and you assume that person is poor, or you assume something negative about that person, you're kind of engaging in prejudicial thinking. When you look at a very wealthy businessman who happens to be Caucasian walking down the street with a designer shirt, Rolex watch, you probably shouldn't assume that he has got everything handed to him in life or that he is privileged or whatever. It's superficiality, which is the driving engine of Cannon's critiques. Superficiality. And it's really disgusting. It's really disgusting. And so it's a shame that Nick Cannon has fallen from from grace so headily, so quickly. Uh, but it is not a shame that he is actually um, getting recourse for what he's done, what he's doing. So Nick Cannon, we never knew you, dude. Well, I thought I thought I knew you, but unfortunately, you're not the person that many young African American people like me who watched you and looked up to you at a point in time as being a successful African American man uh, thought you were. You're obviously not the person. You're obviously a different kind of person. A kind of person that doesn't really take heed to decency and prudence, but instead take heed to prejudice and vice. The kind of person that bows down to certain narratives and does not question narratives. The kind of person who hates and attacks people predicated upon a collective idea or collective grouping as opposed to attacking people or examining people or understanding people on an individual level. You are someone who is rebelling against the science of human nature. You are someone who is rebelling against every single thing. That allows us and has allowed us for centuries to survive as human beings. You are someone who is rebelling against that divine human intuition that you have. Which allows you to be a rational actor. Or at least forms the foundation of your rationality. And then hold your rationality up like pylons holding up a bridge. You are disgracing these things, Nick Cannon. And you need to go and do some introspection. Because I'll be damned if I continue to sit by and let your status amongst other African Americans define how I treat you in my commentary or define how anyone looks at you. I'll be damned. I cannot control what others do, but I can damn sure urge them to sanity, urge them to, com to, to, to not complacency, but to understanding, urge them to pensiveness. We need to apply, apply that pensive fire to Nick Cannon and his comments towards Jews. His disgusting comments to our Jewish brothers and sisters. Our soul brothers, I like to call them. Because we are all one human family, people. We are all one human race. Now, there are now we are individuals as well. We're not, we're, not, we're not the same. But as Rosewood Lane, one of the founding mothers of libertarianism, said, there is a brotherhood of man that constitutes human survival. There's a reason civilizations exist. But again, this does not come at the expense of the individual. She never does do that. Never. But we got to make sure Nick Cannon understands this Brotherhood of Man business because if he doesn't, I'm not sure he's going to get too far. He's already sinking right now. Let's try to throw him a, let's throw him a lifeboat. But only if he's going to recognize what that lifeboat is doing universally. He's not. So he's going he's to drown. A shame. But speaking of someone who is not drowning and is instead rising above the tide that has been thrown towards him by certain political actors, by certain dark magicians of linguistic wizardry and political correctness, by certain acolytes of terrible baleful ideologies. Terry Crews, one of my favorite actors, 
Everybody Hates Chris one of the first memories I have of him. He's acted in so many other TV shows and films. Muscular buff guy. Exudes strength and virility, all that kind of stuff. Terry Crews has been under fire for the past week or so. Terry Crews basically said, Black Lives Matter, in a tweet, Black Lives Matter should not become only Black Lives Matter, or something of that sort. I'm paraphrasing. Black Lives Only. Black Lives Better. No, he said Black Lives Better. He basically said, do not allow your opinion, do not allow your predisposition to believing in the primacy of African Americans or the primacy of melanin-skinned people let you override the fundamental value of every other human being. And that's what Terry Cruz was saying. He was saying this should not matter when it comes to our fundamental spiritual values. And guess what? He was correct. But like every person who is correct and speaks the universal truth, he was mobbed, attacked, disgraced, and they're still trying to disgrace and mob him. That's Socratic energy. They're trying to to snub it. That Christ energy. That energy that comes from defying the established order. That Elijah energy. Elijah going out to the woods, having to be fed by ravens. That Moses energy. Terry Crews is embodying all that contrarian spirit, trying to invoke some sanity in the discussion. And he goes on Don Lemon's show. Don Lemon, who is someone who I wonder sometimes if Don Lemon really has a fundamental base to what he's saying or if he's just saying things just to be outrageous. I don't know. I, 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 I don't think he really has a fundamental base to what he's saying. But it, Terry Crews went on Don Lemon, and Don Lemon kept redirecting and kept misdirecting his comments. Well, Terry, uh, how, can, how can you say that Black Lives uh, Matter is doing this? Aren't other people doing this? Well, does that matter? Well, what about for the past 15 years? Things, straw men, weak straw men, actually, so weak they're made out of bamboo, bamboo, bamboo straw men, <laughs> constructed to go against the tank that is Terry Crews because he defies a narrative. Or not even defines his narrative. He speaks to a universal cosmic reality that us on this planet Earth are not wanting to acknowledge in mass. He's rooting the cosmic to the situational and trying to open your eyes to that blinding cosmic light, that stardust of truth that talks about how we as individuals matter, not we as black people, not we as white people, not we as Asians, not we as, no, we as individuals in our individual capacity. That right there is enough for us to be valuable human beings. That's what Terry Crews is saying, but guess what? People don't want to acknowledge that because people think that certain human beings, since they've been under certain social pressures for a longer time or a more intense time, they need to be, they need to have more special attention. They need to be more prioritized. But by doing that, you endeavor in the same ills, the same methodology, and the same practices, the same vices that your oppressors or people who think prejudiciously engage in every day or engaged in institutionally years ago. That's what Terry Cruz is trying to say. But no, 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 no. He, he said, we can't let, let, let black lives be better than anyone else. Therefore, he's bad. It's disgusting. I appreciate anyone who will use that prophetic fire to speak the truth. Not a truth. 
the truth. But beyond the consequentialist argument, because I make that argument a lot, if you think prejudiciously, you're thinking how your oppressors think. Okay, well, most of us, most black people today have not been oppressed. Most black folks today have not been oppressed in any meaningful way, myself included. We just haven't. So I won't even say oppressors. I will just say, on a deontological level, you're neglecting the stewardship of your humanity by not recognizing your value beyond your skin color. How about that? How about that? You're neglecting the stewardship of your humanity by not recognizing your value beyond your skin color. How about that? Because you're more than that. You're more than that. All right. I told you this is going to be short. Wednesdays are always short. But anyway, you guys have to understand what I'm trying to say. Let the examples of Nick Cannon and Terry Crews, two very different examples, two very different men saying very different things, but both black men nonetheless, let them illuminate your minds to the extent that it leads you to understand that race relations and race itself is not as complex as it's been let out to be, and that you as a human being matter more than what you look like. What did Yoda say? Luminous beings we are, not this crude matter. You're a luminous being of brilliance, of love, of passion. Recognize that. Take that. Own that. Until next time, guys. Please. Well, first of all, please subscribe to this channel if you haven't. Like Pensive Politics on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to your podcast at. We're everywhere. And, sh and share us our stuff, please. But until next time, guys, please. Stay.